You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome, aspiring Cowboysologists, to another edition of the Star Seminar. This, as always, is a team talk course, and I am joined by the great, internationally renowned professor of Cowboysology, Danny Phantom. How are you today, good sir? I am fantastic. I am super excited. We are, Rabs, we are a week away from the draft. Um, I don't even, I mean, this this time of year, I just, I'm super excited. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have some days where I'm not going to be able to sleep. And uh, That's know, right. Roger but, Goodell is, is, is tinkling the sleigh bells as we, as we speak. Yeah, it, it's not a joke when people say this is like Christmas because it that's what it feels like. And, you know, I can definitely um, feel the days getting closer before we're going to be able to unwrap some brand new Cowboys players. So super excited. And I'm super excited for today. Raps, what's going on today? Well, we're going to get our good friend Landon McCool on, who's, uh, you know, uh, such a such a great, uh, you know, um, student of and and scholar of the cowboys and we're going to talk about the cowboys draft process draft sequencing and then we're going to run a short little uh, mock draft to see whether the cowboys are going to get some delicious presents or some lumps of coal in their stocking but listen let's get landed in here and get this process underway shall we all right let's go okay students i told you last week that you should come to this session of our class with a brand new empty notebook because you are going to be taking a lot of notes thanks to our guest today who is none other than the incomparable Landon McCool the jack of all trades master of all trades good sir welcome to our session today Wow. So jack of all trades and master of all trades. You are the master that's, of all trades. That's quite an impressive. Usually you only I mean, get honestly, one or the like, other. There's nothing you can't do, dude. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, you're too kind. And, and that is a lot to live up to. Uh, and, and I certainly uh, don't know if I, if I warrant that, but I'm going to do my best on this show to uh, provide as much good information as I can. Honestly, there's nobody I'd, I'd rather have here for our pre-draft extravaganza because, as I said, as I just suggested, this is a man who can do it all. So, li- listen, what we want to do today is to kind of model the Cowboys pre-draft and then draft process. And mm-hmm. the, the pre-draft process is one where they take a look at where the draft is strong and they run, a, I'm sure, hundreds if not thousands of simulations to get a sense of the ways the draft could could uh, 
to play out. And then they develop a strategy and they go, they go into the draft with a plan. And then, you know, the draft obviously has the, has the ability and capacity to change that plan. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pretend that we're the Cowboys and everything we talk about is going to be what the Cowboys would do, not necessarily what we would personally do. And then we're going to, at the end of that, we're going to try a four round mock to see how that plays out in relationship to what we think the Cowboys are likely to do next weekend. And we'd like to start with this. Let's just start with most generally. In your research, Landon, um, and your study of the Cowboys over this long draft process, now that we're here a week away, what are the positions you think that they are most likely to, regardless of position, most likely to address in the draft? Yeah, I mean, just based on, you know, reading the tea leaves, seeing who their visit list is, and, and, and you know, a kind of just a whole bunch of different things, honestly. Uh, it feels like the positions that, uh, you know, not, and nothing's guaranteed, but the positions that specifically they are going to be targeting are, I'm going to loop loop every, this group into as pass catchers, mm-hmm. because I do think that they've been looking at wide receivers. Obviously, there's there's a number of wide receivers in several different rounds that I would say that they've been looking at. But I also think that they've been looking at tight ends and, and not just um, – you know, any specific type of tight ends. And that's the thing. The class is very deep um, and there's a variety of these guys and they all kind of do a little bit of something different. Uh, but the Cowboys seem to be interested in all those guys or at least figuring out what what's what there, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then the other position that clearly to me, I think that seems to be a, a, a focus um, is, is offensive line. Uh, in some capacity, I think that right as it stands right now, I don't know that we have uh, the starting five on the team, uh, just based on on comments we've heard. I think that you could easily, you know, make, make an argument that you could make the best five out of five of the offensive linemen on the team, but that's, I think, a conversation for another day. Um, and then I, I would say, you know, there's a couple of other positions that we just know that they're likely to take, you know, just historically because they will take a linebacker probably, you know, uh, later in the draft, they will take a running back because they don't really have, uh, uh someone to compliment Pollard there. You've identified in a bunch of positions, the Cowboys are, we're expecting to see, um, them target in this draft, but as far as the overall landscape of the draft, uh, what are the positions in this year's class do you think are particularly deep? Well, we talked about tight end, which is, uh, you know, I would say unusually deep. Um, and, 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 and honestly, it may be the only position, maybe running back a little bit, it, 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 it may be the only position that feels um, abnormally deep this year it, it, this is not a great class to be frank um i, I think that the, the top especially is really kind of shallow but it's um, a deep class yeah i it's that that plateau from like let's say 17 or tw- or maybe let's say let's say 20 from 20 to 85 is is pretty broad right it expands more than than almost you know two rounds and um mm-hmm. and and i think you know the group behind that is pretty broad too uh so i think that you know any picks that you can collect in the 
um, 75 to 100 range, uh, I think are all going to be pretty good value picks. I, I tend to think that they generally want to take a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're allowing wide receiver to kind and, and if they're smart, they will allow wide receiver to kind of be a wild card for them because th- their need is not dire. They, they sh- it's not like last year where everyone is really holding their breath with Jalen Tolbert or whoever falls to that next pick. Mm-hmm. Like I think this point they can really allow value to uh, fall in place with need because they don't have to press anything. I, I think they want they're going to pick pass catchers, but I-, I think because of the depth at both tight end and wide receiver, uh, they're going to be allowed to chicken pick and choose their value. How how far does that depth go? Like where where would you think they're most likely to target those two positions? Well, I mean that's the thing about it. Since you don't have to like necessarily pick a starter, I mean you could pick all any kind of player. Like you could pick a developmental speed guy in the fifth round uh, because it's all gravy at that mm-hmm. point, right? Especially if it's like a late round pick, it's not going to cost you anything. You could absolutely do that. Or like you know, let's say. You wanted to take, I mean, tight end is another position, right? Where like, let's say you uh, just wanted to take Tyler Kraft, right? Mm-hmm. From South Dakota State. Now you, now listen, I tend to think that you probably still need a veteran tight end in here. Maybe you re-sign McEwen or something like that. Um, just because I, I think the young pups are good and they're talented, but to put all the starting tight end work on them right away, maybe a little bit too much. So, but I, I think you could you you could go and get a guy like that down the line, and then develop him, um, and 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 still feel really confident about what you have uh, at the position outside of that. So that really does free things up for the Cowboys because they have not just short term stability at the position, but if they wanted to, they could have this same right wide receiver core this year and next year. So they can be patient developing you know tight ends or wide receivers because. They've got the wide receivers under contract, and they've got two, you know, tight ends who are, were rookies last year. So you've got them locked up for at least another three years. You know, we you talked about the running back class being, you know, really deep here, and I wanted to kind of ask you. I know there's a there's a, a nice cluster of running backs that, you know, I think many of us would be perfectly okay with, um, but where do you think you would be most comfortable pulling the trigger? I mean, can you? Can you wait as late as fourth and feel okay, or do you feel like you got to go at, at at round three? So where where's your mind at with the running backs? You know, I, I think it's probably similar conversation, um, like you know we were just having. You know, where it, it, it's like you have different target areas, different players that you have like listed as. Uh, uh, spots that, you know, uh, if we could get uh, uh, Charbonnet at 58, or if we could get uh, uh, Miller at, you know, 90, uh, then we feel good. I, mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of where they are. are they want to pick this position clearly. They are probably going to look somewhere in the second to, you know, fifth or sixth round uh, to, to to draft this guy, because ultimately, the thing about running back is that they are drafting someone who will likely be getting a, a a lot of carries. You know, not not maybe not necessarily the starter, but but you know, Tony Pollard, even if he is the starter, is not necessarily someone you're going to want to give 
more than 60% of the touches, right? So that's still a hefty load for mm-hmm. uh, uh, someone you want to give the back. And so that running back, really, no matter where you draft them, is going to see the field and have a, a, an immediate amount of touches, maybe more so than the players that get drafted, the, the two of the players that get drafted ahead of them. So I think it's about, you know, how comfortable you are with the players and, and which one is going to be able to get you where you need to go, you know, during the season. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know, obviously these are online mock drafts are always a little bit inconsistent and don't necessarily line up with what teams think about guys. But every time I do one of these in the last month, it feels like the sweet spot for running back for me is, is the fourth round at 129. Mm-hmm. And almost always, not, not always, but almost always there's four, at least four of these guys there and I can choose from them. So we've got like Tank Bigsby, Rashawn Johnson, Kendry Miller, Zach Evans, Dwayne McBride. I mean, they all seem like they have, you know, aspects of their game that I really like. And, and, and almost all of them have an aspect of their game that I like as a compliment to Tony Pollard. So let's imagine those guys are all, all sort of available at 129. Do you have a preference? I, I tend to think that I tend to think that Kendra Miller is a step above these guys mm-hmm. as far as a running back prospect. I'll say that. Um, I think he is a guy that can develop into being a uh, you know a featured back, um, and 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 you know be a guy that. Um, that that you know teams can rely on and 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 he could be you know i think he has some some upside there just on on talent mm-hmm. uh i would say for me despite having said all that i like roshan johnson a lot mm-hmm. uh, and I, I i will say this Dwayne mcbride may be the best guy with the football in his hands of all i love guys. that kid he is just as far as just a pure running back goes. Like if if the 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 job was just here, I'm going to hand you the football and you and you run it. Like Dwayne McBride is the best one of these guys, hands down. Yeah, you're, um, you're not talking about pass catching and pass blocking, pass protection, or or mm-hmm. here's the other thing I will throw out: special teams, and that's mm-hmm. something that really is important. And that again, so, uh, yeah, we go yeah. back to Roshan Johnson. Here's here's the deal. Roshan Johnson was the leading tackler for Texas on special teams. He is like coaches. He's not a coach's son, but he, I mean, every coach he's had would adopt him in a moment. So let's, let's get into this draft. I mean, it's interesting that we don't necessarily have a, a, the clearest pathway, but I think we have some ideas about where the strengths are. Um, So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to run a mock simulation um, we've asked Landon actually to be ownership. So he's the one who's going to make the final decisions and run the mock for us. And um, as as a way to, to think about how the, the Cowboys war room works, I am going to play the role of uh, the offensive coordinator slash head coach, Mike McCarthy. And Dan is going to play the role of defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. And we are going to advocate for the players who are available at that particular pick to try to persuade our our owner slash GM slash uh, owner sons to uh, <laughs> to make that particular pick, but ultimately we're really starting the owner because as we know that uh, Jerry Jones listens to the last guy who talks to him. So um, <laughs> Landon, I'm going to hand it over to you. Um, go ahead and, and run this mock. And like I said before, we want to run a four round mock because I really think that after four rounds, it's really it tends to be kind of a crapshoot in which the Cowboys really just go best player available given 
you know, what their draft board says. So I think for the first four rounds are the ones that are most instructive. Uh, Landon. Okay, so before we get into this, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and say, just for simplicity's sake, that we're not going to do any trades, right? We're just going to go I think ahead. That's right. And we'll, we'll yes. Debate. So let's. But before we do go, then let's just have a quick conversation about tr- interested trades. I, I, I will say that I think that the Cowboys should potentially think about trading back at twenty six. Um, I think for me, and this is not a surprise. Most of the time, we kind of. <laughs> debate this in the, in the community, but I do think that a small trade back here, picking up a, a, a you know third or fourth round pick um, you, you go, and then, then you could do something like feel comfortable about drafting like a Steve Avila. I know I keep mentioning him a little bit later. And I think that to me, picking Steve Avila at like 29 is like best case scenario because you get an extra pick. You get a guy who could be your starter at left guard potentially this year. Maybe he could be your starter at center next the the following year. If, if you let Tyler Biotish go, it just makes a lot of sense. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And then I, another area where I would potentially think about trading is up in the second round, because I do think that there is a kind of weird gap that exists I know we said that it's it's pretty flat from like 15 or 20 to 75, but I do feel like there is a pocket that exists there that if you're going to try to get, let's say you don't get your starting guard, if you wanted to go get a starting guard or a starting offensive lineman, it feels like there is a run that happens at the top of the second. So that's something we should look out for. Uh, while we're going through it, and we can kind of point that out. So I think that's, I think that's are, a really important consideration, particularly if we feel like they they need to get an offensive guard in the first co- or offensive lineman in the first couple of rounds because you know it, it, when I've done this before and when I've traded back in round one essentially what that does is it 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 um, means that the, the the sort of Osiris Torrances of the world are no longer available but that I, it's still a little early for the Steve Avila's and Cody Mocks of the world and so I think that 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 trade up in round two makes a lot of sense because it actually puts you in range where they where you get more value for that pick because in some ways to get Steve Avila even at twenty nine is a little bit of an overdraft and there might be players that are higher on the board that would still be available. Sure. Yeah, we we talked about this last week, I believe too. Is not only would that I think that I totally agree with what Landon said, but if you look at the Cowboys pre draft visitors, I mean, there's just a, a a grouping in that in that section. It's almost like the Cowboys. You know, if this is if, if they were going to do it, I feel like this is the year that we see them do something like this because just mm-hmm. of where the, the their interest of the players that they're interested in. So, well, I, okay, let's let's go ahead and get started. So I've started the draft uh, just so we know. I turned the randomness up while we were having our conversation because it felt like you know that's kind of facilitating the conversation. So I'm just going to quickly run through the picks. Number one was Bryce Young. Number two was C.J. Stroud, Jalen Carter. Anthony Richards go- Richardson goes for to the Colts. Will Anderson goes to uh, Seattle. Uh, Paris Johnson, Devin Witherspoon, Will, Leav- Will Levis, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, That's Deontay high. Banks. Wow. For, for Jackson Smith? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I think that they're looking to, to kind of mm-hmm. – Chicago's looking to add somebody to, for, for uh, their quarterback, young quarterback, and I guess that you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best one by far. Uh, Deontay Banks, Broderick Jones, Tyree Wilson goes to the Texans, Joey Porter, Miles Murphy, Zay Flowers goes 15 to the pack, uh, Packers, uh, Peter Skaronsky, Darnell Wright, who was a guy that we didn't mm-hmm. really talk about, but I think could he could be a guy that they consider at 26. That's uh, the guy I think they lose if they flex. trade back. Yeah. Uh, Brian Branch, uh, Lucas Van Ness, uh, Brian Breesey, 
uh, uh, the forfeited pick by Miami, and then uh, L.A. Chargers pick up Cansey, Nolan Smith, Mike Mayer goes 23 to, to uh, Minnesota, which is a guy that, that's been thrown around the Cowboys name a lot. Jamar Gibbs goes 24, and I'm pretty sure, did we see... Is that the first running back taken off the board? Yeah. He was. Bijan Robinson is still available. Yeah, the, the um, randomness Quint- is pretty high on this. The, yeah. the randomness <laughs> is pretty high. Uh, Quinton Johnson ends up at 25. So what that it means is that the Cowboys are in a spot where a couple of different guys fell to them, including Christian Gonzalez, who to me, I mean, I don't know, man. Like He seems like he's the best corner in this, <laughs> in this draft. And I would have a really hard time passing on him at 26, to be honest. Yeah, we're going to have to interject um, our own um, our own little filter in here because you I say that, yeah. but but you know, look, that's the way the the, the draft falls. Sometimes we can do that. We can eliminate Christian Gonzalez, pretend like he's not there. I mean, don't don't get but, me wrong. As the Dan Quinn part of this, I mean, there's he's just jumping off the screen <laughs> for me. So I mean, but. At the same time, I, I I think I think it's fair to say that that, that probably is not going to happen in real life, but you never know. You never know. All right, so let's so, take okay. let's take a look at what the realistic the most realistic options are. So here are some options that I I want you guys to consider. This is now me as the front office uh, talking. Mm-hmm. We got we we got the tight end Dalton Kincaid. Um, I'm not going to do a Jerry voice the whole time. Uh, Dalton <laughs> Kincaid is, uh, is uh, so I, to me the, the names that are at the top that we have to consider. Uh, really, the four that stick out, and I just want to make sure there isn't anybody else uh, because the rankings are weird, but uh, you have to consider Dalton Kincaid, Will McDonald, Bijan Robinson, and Jordan Addison, I think, are the, are the four guys that are debatable. Uh, I know there are three offensive and one defensive guy, but we'll, 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 we'll open up the conversation to everybody. But let's, let's start with my offensive coordinator. Um, you know, between Dalton Kincaid, Bijan Robinson, Jordan Addison, give me just like a quick, a quick rundown on on their pros and cons, and and how you would have those guys ranked as far as you know needing to add to your offense in order to make us more explosive. I think the I think the Cowboys have always have always prioritized at least as their t as their tight end one the guy who at least has the capacity to be the inline Y and and in fact you know Stephen Jones even talked about that uh, in a recent interview on one hundred five point three he sort of mentioned the inline Y and when he was suggesting the kind of tight end they might be looking for so I feel like um, well the, Dalton Kincaid is a really interesting player I'm not sure he's the the kind of guy that they feel would be enough of a difference from the guys they currently have in the tight end room. Um, I don't, I, I also don't, I, I think that they, there haven't, there've been two wide receivers taken, right? So we have Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin, Quentin Johnson have been taken so far. So a lot of the guys that the Cowboys have shown interest in are still on the board. And so I think that we'll have a really good chance of one of those guys falling to, to uh, the next round. So I guess I'll just say me, three, it's three guys because Zay Flowers also. Oh, Zay Flowers went. Okay. Yeah. Um, I still feel like there's a decent chance of, of, of a guy still being there or of a pass catcher still being there. Um, it, it, it feels like, and I hate to be this guy, but it feels like the, the sweet spot at running back is either if this particular running back falls us to us at one, or if there's a cluster of, of running backs at, 
uh, as we were talking about earlier at 90 that makes us feel like we can get somebody where we get great value at 26. I mean, sorry, at, at, one, at, at 129. So um, right now, I think the player is special enough and, and he's special enough in his, in his category that I, my, my, my pick, given those options, would be Bijan. Okay, Dan, let's let's talk. Oh, I just realized, that Dan, that works both ways. That's yes. Fantastic. All right, Dan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was I was saying Dan Quinn, and it worked out. Uh, Dan, you went out to work out Will McDonald, uh, and I, and you I love saying, Will McDonald. You, you told do. me in on my office. Yeah, we've heard a lot, we've heard a lot of it, but talk to talk to us a little bit about you know Will McDonald first off, and then give us your give me your opinion as a defensive coordinator. You know where you feel like which one of these guys is going to help you the most yeah to me there's i mean i guess you could you could take a look at a um you can you could take a emmanuel forbes is is a guy that certainly like i don't know if i like him that early but as far as will will mcdonald i mean he is a guy that uh when i started looking at tape i mean he was one of the i didn't know where he was ranked and I, he looked like he was one of the best edge rushers in the in, in college and i think he has just fantastic bend um he uses his hands extremely well his footwork is super shifty he can he can bounce inside and out you know it's just when you talk about like edge rushers i know we have we have some but we don't necessarily have some that's going to be around for a long time so and it's certainly a position to where um you know you as some people say you can never have enough of them and uh mcdonald is just one of those players uh I could, I I would be very happy with adding him to our defense. And to me, he, looking at this board here, I think he's hands down the 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 best defensive player available. Well, there's one pick, and there's two of you. So, fight, fight, fight! Tell me which one. Who am I drafted? Will McDonald or Bijan Robinson? I don't pay you guys to be on a fence. So let me ask what you are we this. Doing? What do you think about the running back depth versus the the, the edge rusher depth later in the draft? I, I yeah, yeah. I, I mean I can only I'm speaking as Will McClay now. Uh, I, I don't think that there's great depth uh, the defensive end room later on Good. in the draft. Let's go. Let's go with the, let's go with the defensive end. That sounds uh sounds like a consensus to me. I like. Right, I also well, like it because I just don't expect Bijan to be there too. So I think this makes more of a realistic scenario for. For Dallas, and Christian Gonzalez too. I mean, for being yeah, that, that's, that's right. All, right. all right, yeah. So way to go, randomness. Uh, drafting Will McDonald, uh, edge player from Iowa State, and I, you know, I really liked his tape at, um, you know, uh, from the twenty twenty two season. But I think really showed you something at the Senior Bowl as well, just because you weren't exactly sure exact how uh, that Big Twelve competition was all the time, depending on who he was playing. But it it really was nice to see him kind of go against the best of the best and really just show out and 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 then you know to put on a show at the combine the way he did, uh, just kind of confirmed who he was. And so, those guys love dudes who can run the arc, and that dude can run yep. the arc. Absolutely. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we have arrived here at pick 58. Um, I'm not going to go over the all the picks that got done previously. We'll just go over who we've got. So I'm just going to read out some names from wide receiver. We do have Tank Dell still available. Michael Wilson, who is a wide receiver we haven't really talked about, but I thought that had, speaking of the Senior Bowl, had a great week at the Senior Bowl, was mm-hmm. getting open at will. Rasheed Rice is a local kid, uh, really had a great year, last few years at uh, SMU. Jalen Hyatt, the speed merchant from Tennessee, kind of comes from an unconventional offense, so it's not such a clean transition or comparison to the NFL. But he has speed and a really great catch radius, and that is uh, not and he can he pluck really it. Teach. Yep, you can't really teach that, and that's something that uh, you can use right away. At Perry was the guy that I couldn't remember the name of earlier, the Wake Forest guy that I felt like potentially could play an X if you wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Kayshawn Boutte is a guy who's off my board, so we're not drafting him. No. <laughs> and Marvin Mims is another guy. So we listed a lot of wide receivers there. How, I don't how know far, can you those... do me a favor? How far down is Mingo? Yep. Uh, Mingo. Oh, let's see. Uh, there's Tyler Scott, Reed, Palmer, Washington. Okay. Where is he? Has he already been drafted? He may have been. Let's see. Yes, oh, yeah, was. look at that. He went to 50. Buccaneers got him wow. 50. Wow. Okay. Oh, see? Well, that's that happens. You know, yep. again, that's why I kind of like the randomness high. I will say this. Those are your wide receivers, but to me, the blinking light, without a doubt. Well, let's look at running back. We have Charbonnet. We got Kane, McBride, Bigsby, Miller. They're all here. Ty J. Spears, all here. The The blinking light to me. Is Steve Avila still available at fifty-eight? I think if he's um, available, if he's there at fifty-eight, unless you've already picked a guard in round one, he has to be the. Player. Oh no, we could do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's 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 hear hey, it. Let's, we want, let's... We want money your defensive lineman around one. Come on, man, it's my uh, Listen, do you want the lesser Ojolari? Do no. you want uh, uh, Cam Smith? Got, we already got it. Uh, I, I love Cam Smith actually, but throw... I, I know you went to go work out Tuli Tupolo Tuli Tupoloto. Uh, well, I think the other thing we have to we have to be uh, considerate of here is that the Cowboys have seven. If they stick, let's just assume they stick with what they've got and they end up with seven picks. I think probably five of those are going to be offense. You think so? I think so. I think they're going to go a couple of. De- I mean, unless unless there's just obvious value on the defense. I mean, they're they're just weaker on offense. They they need an infusion of talent. They need an infusion of speed. They're, I think they're going to need to get. A, a, I, I would say if a five out of seven are going to be offense. So. I think we have a couple of opportunities to spend on defense where we see value, but if there's value on offense here, especially on the first couple of days, I think they, I think I would be surprised if day two didn't go double offense after we went with McDonald in the first round. All right. Here's, here's two defensive guys that we should talk about because mm. they, they guarantee you they're going to be considered Julius Brent's cornerback from Kansas state. Mm-hmm. I, I think he had another guy who had an incredible senior bowl fits the profile that Dan, you like to a T. Uh, and then Dayon Henley, who is an I incredible athlete from Washington State, uh, just a run and hit guy. I think he could probably help you as a blitzer. Uh, still learning the position, but has athleticism and, and instincts you can't teach. Um, those are I'm, I, those are two guys I know that they'll be interested yeah. in around here. I really love Henley at fifty eight. I, I mean, he's you know he's 
he's definitely one of the, the I think that one of the Cowboys' defensive targets that they're looking looking at there. So, I, in a, in a realistically speaking, I think you know you can make a, a strong case for a, a player like that. Um, and also, too, I don't know how they can, they're going to have their corners ranked, um, you know. But if you if you got one of those lengthy corners, um, that it's certainly they would be in the mix as well. But I, you know, I I'm not going to be fighting. Um, uh, our head coach on this one because I feel like the best player is probably on the other side of the ball this round. So a couple of things. I, I think, I think first of all, there's a lot of corners with the kind of physical profile they like that could be later in the draft. Like there's a couple of dudes who, who we could still pick up later who, um, who I think, they, I mean, they, they don't need a starter this coming. And so I think there's some, I think there's some some really great options there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, mind or even be surprised to see a corner in three or in round three turns three or four that's that's point a and point b is that um what was the other guy we were talking about oh, oh the so the, my other question was in terms of linebacker are there other sort of I, I it seems like that they're they're looking at linebackers who could essentially take the Javon curse role right and so i guess what i also wonder is is, is someone is is uh is this cat in round two better value than like a Marte Mapu in round five. No, I don't. I mean, personally, I don't think he is. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of taking a a linebacker here. I mean, just, this is landed speaking. I mean, listen, it it, honestly, it it feels like they're looking at linebacker high. They've got a lot of guys who are are very high. I also, I also think that like Drew Sanders and Simpson Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then even uh, Henley, they all they all could do a little bit more than be linebackers. I, mm-hmm. I mean, especially Drew Sanders, I think, can be kind of a foil to uh, uh, Parsons, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, or at least a compliment, right? So, um, yeah, I I do think that all the, that's kind of part of why they're considering some of those guys high. But back to the so nature. Who, who hand, are the other offensive interior offensive linemen after Avila who are still available? Uh, who are, that are still available? Um, yeah. This is no, what's left. We got not. Weipler, Tipman, Zavala, Zavala like is the guy. I like Zavala. I mean, I I think if he can make it to ninety, I'd feel good. But I I I have a feeling that that's not going to be the case. So let me ask you this: uh, Do you feel Will McClay? Do you feel it's more likely that a one of the receivers we like makes it to ninety, or let's say one of the pass catchers we like makes it to ninety, or that a, a interior offensive lineman does? Well, let me ask, I'll counter you, Coach. What's more important, getting our fourth wide receiver next year or our starting guard this Well, year? I think I'm going to be running a lot of four wide receiver sets like I ran in Green Bay, and I, and I'm, I need four wide receivers who can, who can win. Do you want a, you want a quarterback that's upright that uh, he can um, throw to them? No, I do not. <laughs> Historically, I do not. I Historically, you do not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I um, uh, listen, I, I I would think that Avila makes sense here because not just because I think he steps in and is a good, very good guard for you, but again, if you needed him to, to, he could play center for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's you know when you look at the Cowboys, they traditionally look a year ahead on contracts, and uh, I I don't know that they want to necessarily go out and draft a center only, right? Um, because of where they are just in the class, they would rather have a guy that that could be the swing interior guy or be the starter at, at guard and, and that someone who could develop into the center. So uh, I would say I, it's I Vila. And I, I, th- I do think if you look at the wide receiver group, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys fell. I think we're looking at pass catchers too. So it's possible sure. that they're also going to yeah. be a tight end. And as you well, said, earlier, still there they too. don't absolutely have to draft either of them this year. If they can get value, then that's, then that's a great thing. No, look yeah, at, and the other guy, Darnell Washington being available is always something that's surprising because people forget shocking. how low he is on these boards, right? But he is available. Um, and I, so there is great value here at both of those positions, but I think, you know, look, I, I like Schoonamaker. So I, I yeah, think you can take, I think you can you still can get a wait. Tucker Craft or a Schoonamaker in, at 90. Yeah. And I think right, you can probably let's, let's get go. somebody in the fifth round too. So I, I, from an offensive perspective, I feel like right now what we need to do is, is uh, address our offensive line. It feels like the Cowboys recognize that there's a couple of areas where they really need to get better. And one is wide receivers who can separate and, uh, and, they just need better offensive line play in general and pass blocking in particular. And so I think that we need to address both of those. And I think the, the best way to address the, the, the one of those is to get Avila right now. Yeah, you guys talking about how you you, you liked him at 29. You got to be loving him here at 50. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's I think why he was a blanket light for me. But, yeah. but I, I, I mean, I, honestly, I love him at 58. Yeah. Yeah. If 50, if he, if Steve Avila is really the pick at 58, it, it will likely be my favorite pick in the draft. I, I will, mean, I will be, value. I will be yeah. celebrating most heartily. Yeah. Yes, next absolutely. to the next one we're fixing to make, that's going to be the best one. Cause what is, I can't wait to see who's going to be available now. Well, I think, I think now we're really looking the wide, at the wide receiver run, catchers, but also the wide receiver runners. The wide receiver run has happened, yeah. uh, but we did kind of, we were spared a little bit to say the least, because we have arrived at 90 and both Sam Laporta and Tank Dell are available. So we can, can we look easily... at the other, the other uh, yeah. potential tight ends and wide receivers who are available. Uh, yeah. So tight ends and wide receivers. Sam Laporta, Tank Dell, Michael Wilson, Luke Schoonemaker, Kayshawn Boutte, mm-hmm. Tyler Scott, Trey Palmer, Parker Washington. Okay. It seems like we have to go now. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless there's somebody else here that's really, you know, calling out your name. I, I think that Trey, Tomlinson is a guy mm-hmm. they, they talk to, but I, I don't honestly know that they're interested there. Can we look at the um, other corners who are available? Garrett Williams. is. I, I don't love him, honestly. I think we're looking at one of those situations like, you know, Landon was talking about we have flexibility with wide receiver. I think we can probably get away with a development corner because we have Gilmore around for a year because I'm not seeing anybody that I'm like super stoked about being there. These are these these three guys that are yeah, still later guys, like Jalen Jones, Corey Trice and Riley, Riley Moss. I all like. Like um, Jalen Jones was like a five star uh, high school recruit, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, ended up going. It was one of the Texas A&M's big, big gets uh, on signing day. Corey Trice is a guy that John Oning turned me on to. Um, he's who's, who's really good fit um, as far as kind of size profile. Uh, and then Moss is a little bit undersized as far as the kind of profiles for. Well, not I guess not undersized. He's just smaller than the other two guys. Um, a lot of people think Moss is a safety. Um, but I think, I think he could easily play corner. Um, I think it's, they think he's a safety because honestly he's a white guy and he doesn't look right playing cornerback. And he's, I think the first one since, uh, what's his name from uh, the giants Seahorn. So, but he he looked really, 
Yeah, he looked really good uh, uh, in, in, in the Senior Bowl. And, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, they have the GPS trackers. He was the fastest player on the field, if I'm, or at least one of the top three. So let's see what we got at linebacker. Easy there, Dan. <laughs> oh, Dorian Williams. A uh, kid from Tulane, I like a lot. Ivan Pace, also very instinct, instinctual uh, linebacker, run and hit guy. Not a ton. Henry Toto, uh, a little bit later. And, and I like Ventral Miller as a guy that I usually end up taking in the back end of the draft as a mm-hmm. you know, special mm-hmm. teams linebacker type. Um, So what are we thoughts here? I mean, to me, the value points to Laporta or Tank Dell, obviously the needs do as well. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of a defensive player here, Dan. I mean, unless you've got somebody that's really, that's really like popping out. So let, let's talk. Let's talk about the the relative benefits of Laporta and Dell to our offense. Um, feels yeah, like both so, of them are guys who uh, provide something that the offense doesn't can, uh, doesn't have at the moment. They're also kind of specialty players. They you are know, specialty um, players. Laporta I mean, is like a move tight end exclusively almost. I mean, he not, and he can block. I just don't know that you're going to line him up online and have him block a defensive end ever. Um, and Dell is obviously very small, you know, uh, and 165 pounds. So uh, he's definitely going to have a role that you're going to kind of need to manufacture a little bit. I think he can – eventually kind of develop into a, a Z that just runs the route, uh, you know, normally like a, like a, anybody that gets thrown out there. But I think early on, you're probably going to want to try to manufacture him touches. You're going to want him returning kicks, that sort of thing. What does he do that Turpin doesn't do? Catches the ball when uh, he runs routes. I mean, and I that, guess that's my, not a I Turpin. Guess my, I guess my question for you is why do they not employ Turpin in, in more of a role like we're imagining Dell could do? And could they be doing that in the future as he develops, or is he just not capable of doing that? I, I, I would question why they didn't do the same thing at TCU. You know, yeah, I think, yeah. I just don't know that that's his game. I, mm-hmm. I, I think he, he tries to go out there and I think he can catch the ball. I just don't know that, like, you know, he, how does he fight through physicality? And I, I Tank mm-hmm. Dell, like, is sudden and explosive in a way that, um, and you're, and yeah, and you're so you're essentially upgrading the Turpin role, exactly. Yeah, if you if you draft Dell, and so I guess so. Then the question with Laporta is, are you providing some? What what is it that you're providing that that um, the two first round guys or the first the first yeah. year guys don't have? Honestly, that's kind of uh, Laporta to me is like a similar player to what you already have in Ferguson, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's a yak player. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're very similar, I think. Um, and, and, and also in the sense that, you know, I, except maybe the, the, the difference is, is that Ferguson probably had more experience playing in line than Laporta did. I don't, I don't know that for certain, but I, I just based, you know, anecdotally on tape. I mean, I mean, given what we talked about earlier, where where it feels like what the 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 one place they'd really be willing to spend some resources in a guy who's more of a classic inline Y, I feel like I feel like of those two, Tank Dell feels like the one who could add the most to the offense that doesn't exist now. I think I agree. So before you so, click that button yeah. there, can we just at least look at 
I know I'm a defensive guy, but uh, I want to see the running backs that are just happen to be there because I know sure. I know we're basically going to be have to be picking a running back next and so i just want to make take a look and see okay well we've got four or five guys that we love okay we, in fact almost every one of those guys that we talked about yeah, okay earlier that's still exactly that's board. what i wanted fact, to see all five of them are that's what all five yeah, of so them i think are. i think i think honestly we do this we, we take tank dell and then we take our favorite running we back see who's at left 29 yep all right let's do this so at 90 we are taking tank dell pretty good haul so far boys so what I'm do we got it. we got uh mcdonald Avila. So we got McDonald, Avila, and uh, Tank Dell. Dell. All right. And then we're going to get the running back of our choice. I mean, I, honestly, even if there's a run on running backs, there have to be, I think, at least two we still like. There's running that. backs being taken, but not the guys that we're interested in, I've, I've seen. Interesting. Like I, I, they're on. they're they're bouncing around on the board a little bit with the running backs I've seen take. But you know, at this point in the draft, that that's not uncommon. No, it's not. See, Eric Gray just got taken right before us. Mm-hmm. So, um, right, so who do we have? The exact same five guys, all of them, except for uh, Zach Evans. He's the only one who got taken, which is actually okay with me. So I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about Evans. I compared Evans today to um, sort of kind of Darren McFadden-esque. He takes a lot of runway. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, Marcus compared him to, uh, uh, oh my gosh, too many names. My brain's completely, the, the Cowboys running back, number 29, went to the Eagles, Murray, DeMarco, oh, Murray. DeMarco Murray. Yeah, he compared him to DeMarco Murray, which I like that one too. Um I, I don't know. I, I think he still needs some development. Um, all right, so we have Dwayne McBride. We got Tank Bigsby. We got Kendra Kendra Miller. Uh, we've got Deuce Vaughn. If that's an interesting name, we've got Roshan Johnson. Uh, to me, uh, again, I think I've made my case here. I'm a, either a Miller or Roshan Johnson guy. Yeah, you had said that you liked Mil- you liked Johnson at 129, but you thought Miller was a better back. Is yeah, that, did I understand you correctly? Yeah, and I know this doesn't make any sense, but now that they're both here at 129, I like Roshan Johnson more. <laughs> because because I feel I think it's something to do with the fact that like if I take Andre Miller at 90, I feel like I gotta play him as almost like a not the featured running back, but you know what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I well remember you're, you're committing to him at a different level. Yeah. We, yeah, we exactly. don't know for you know we're gonna hang on to Tony Pollard past 2023. So, I would I mean the featured back's not gonna be the, the worst thing in the world here too. Is but see that's I, the I think weird the other thing, thing too. Is that for this is I think Roshan Johnson one of those guys who just we see this every once in a while where, where there's a you know where there's a we saw this at Arkansas with like Darren McFadden and Felix Jones where you, where you just don't have. An opportunity to show everything you've got. Yeah. Well, Tony Pollard's a good uh, yeah. example of that. Oh, yeah, listen, he's the best I, example. I'm yeah. a huge, huge fan of guys who went to big schools and got buried on death charts. Mm-hmm. Noah Brown to me is the best example. Yep. Right. No, Noah Brown was probably a better than seventh round player, right? Uh, or at least as far as his value to the team. And you can say how we want about how he performed last year. But as far as an athlete and skill set, like, that's a guy who completely got lost because he went to a major school where there's tons of five-star players and, and just got buried in the depth chart. And so this guy had to love... get buried against the best running back in the last yeah. couple of years. Right. And who, who emerged early. 
but so but, I love, love but he continued to find places to help the team had a great spirit about it had that you know i mean all his coaches say he was like what can i do coach give me something to do and um and, you know I, as you're saying earlier land there's a guy who's gonna have to probably start as running back three and, and play special teams and and find a place that seems to be the perfect attitude i, I love the kid let's get him so you know we got to wrap this up but i wanted before we do i wanted to just what did we learn from this as can we there's some key takeaways that either of you guys you know have from from doing this exercise I think the main thing to me is that, you know, you you have an idea where the draft is deep. And as long as you're comfortable with a variety of players in that depth, inside of that depth. So if you're if as long as you get your your team comfortable with Flowers, Dell, you know, and then also Quentin Johnson or, you know, like, I mean, as long as you have a good uh, uh, grasp and, and, Say what you will about the Cowboys. They have one of the best scouting departments, so they will have a good grasp on who these guys are, at least. And as long as they are, I think the flexibility of of being able to wait now really allows you to let the draft come to you, which I think is ultimately what they're trying to do. So, uh, you know, for the Cowboys to kind of have their starters in place while still actively targeting the positions that are they know are going to be deep in the draft they've uh they've given themselves the ult- the ultimate amount of flexibility and and that's good because the 26th pick is is crap you know it's 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 it's, it's crap no and it's a land. crap shoot mm-hmm. right and so the, the fact that you potentially mm-hmm. have a, a flexibility at a spot where uh, god only knows it's going to happen uh, i think that's a good thing I would say the only thing that I feel certain about is that they're going to want a, a pass catcher in the first two days. Yeah. Other than that, I, I think, I think, I mean, I think that they probably want that because they do want to upgrade their ability in the pass game. But outside of that, I think everything's very flexible. And I don't, I don't know that they need to force it. Yeah. I think that's the key, right? Is that they, they definitely don't need to force it. And, and I think that that's, that's where, uh, you know, again, I point I point back to last year when they were sweating out the Tolbert pick, right? Mm-hmm. And and they, I think that they they would have felt a lot more comfortable sweating that Tolbert pick out if they were in a position that they are in now, right? Like where they're <laughs> where not they had gonna, cooks on the roster. <laughs> well, or they just did not that they didn't mm-hmm. require. Uh, uh, him to get up to speed immediately to, or to, I mean, listen, what ended up happening was a miracle kind of where Noah Brown suddenly showed up in the depth chart and was able to at least supplement some of the production early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, if the Cowboys hadn't been able to kind of get Noah Brown to do that, then they would have been, and really Houston, even the fact that he was able to be rostered and catch a pass, like it at least bought them that much more time until Gallup could get healthy. And, and I think, it was just a, a tough needle to thread and they don't want to get back into that situation again. And I don't think they're going to need to. Well, listen, uh, this was really fun. Landon, dude, thanks for coming on again. Uh, you know, we, you're one of our very, very, very favorite guests and it's always a great, it's always a great experience chopping up the Cowboys with you and uh, you know, getting, getting to learn from your experience and knowledge that you're gleaning both from your own podcast and from, you know, all the other places where you make contact with the smartest of Cowboys fans before you head out, please tell the people where they can find your fine, fine work. 
Oh yeah, please guys come check this out at the Locked On Cowboys podcast or on YouTube uh, or wherever you get your uh, podcast and uh, come check us out. Subscribe uh, and definitely uh, follow us along. We're, we're, we go five days a week, so uh, if you miss us tomorrow, trust me, we'll be around. So and honestly, uh, it's the best to... podcast for my money. And if you're not fo- and following and oh, listening thanks. to them daily, then you're not really doing everything you can to keep up to snuff on on your Cowboys knowledge. So. Not to call you out, but I do mean uh, that's that's true. We're, we, if you're not doing it, you're you're not you're not following through, guys. Come on, follow through, people. <laughs> well, listen. I mean, every time we have Landon on, it's great. He's such a sort of comprehensive um, student of the Cowboys, and uh, he always is able to put things all together into a, a big, clear picture. So. I always learn a lot just from just from sitting down and chopping it up with him. Yeah, me too. Indeed, I, it's um, you know he he has a really good um, sense about you know good feel for how the how the Cowboys operate, and I I think it's super important when you're trying to look look at this, and we all have mm-hmm. our favorites and everything to be able to um, just understand how the team operates and i think it kind of that, helps. that's right and he doesn't get caught up in what he wants right he, he's he's, a, right. he's very objective in in taking a look at like okay so you know people are, are talking about this but that's not what the team is doing if we read the tea leaves from the team yes maybe we can see something a little bit differently and i think that's always a really important perspective this time of year absolutely because this is lying season my friend yes no, for sure. And yeah, it's it's always a treat when he comes on our show. But that is all we have for our show. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boy Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you're your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys hot topics, you know, any favorite draft prospects that you like, you know, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Danny Phantom 24 and Rabs is at Rabble Rousers, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts for the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue, and we will catch you later. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>